Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. This is our 10th session in the book of Philippians. There are some of you who have not been here before. It might have been a little comfortable, uncomfortable with the silence. We were not embarrassed or nor uncomfortable with the silence and We just want to wait and hear what the Lord wants to do. Last week we talked about how Paul talked about all the pedigree he had in the flesh, but how he counted it as rubbish that he may gain Christ, that his own righteousness counted for nothing in his relationship with the Father, that that had to be given as a gift of God's grace. We talked about how he said, you know, I I don't consider that I have apprehended the resurrection life of Christ living fully in me, and I I am forgetting, verse 13, those things that lie behind, and I am reaching forward, I am relentlessly pursuing those things that are ahead. I relentlessly pursue the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We talked about how that ultimately will be that call out of this body that incarcerates the real us. The more, the closer you get to the Lord's return for you or your exit to Him. He's going to return for you or you're going to exit to Him. The closer you get to that, I believe that the presence of the Lord is like a divine, irresistible magnet for the human spirit. And as we saw in our own child, there comes a time when the presence of the Lord is so precious and so near that the spirit of his son or daughter will leap into his presence to be absent from that body becomes the longing of that which is imminently in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Death is going to be as painful as it may be, it will be the greatest event of your life as a believer. You will be absorbed into the presence of Jesus into joy unspeakable, full of the glory of God. What's more difficult is staying here and fulfilling our assignment, but thank God. Everybody say it with me. Thank God. I have all the grace that I need to get through anything that I'm assigned to go through with power, more than a conqueror. 
He says in verse 17, we pick up today, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Boy, what a powerful thing that is. Paul is not saying, look, I am the man, just do, just follow me. No, he had just said that all my righteousness is no good as far as knowing God. He had just said, I am not, I am forgetting those things. He was not saying, put your faith and trust in me. He says, join in following my example. Well, what was the example he just gave us? I hadn't apprehended it yet. I'm relentlessly pursuing. My example is that I never get satisfied with where I am with the Lord. I relentlessly pursue to know more and more of Him. Join in following that example. And note those who walk the same way. That is, those who relentlessly pursue the Lord, who recognize that their righteousness has been received by faith, not achieved by works. Note them. As you have us for a pattern. But you know what? Isn't it an amazing and wonderful thing when you find a mentor with skin on? I treasure the voice of God. Many times the voice of God comes through somebody with skin on. You ever notice that? Isn't it encouraging when you see or hear a pattern of somebody who's walking with the Lord in a way that you admire and want to go on the same journey. Notice what Paul had just got through saying. He had just got through saying that anything that's righteous that in the outward ways of it is no good. Can I tell you that the beauty of being a mentor with skin on is a real mentor is, not a fr- is so secure that they're willing to admit their own mistakes. If you think you're a spiritual mentor, but you never admit you're wrong, you are sadly deceiving yourself. People will not want to follow you and have what you have if you never are willing to admit your own weaknesses and failures to those God puts into your life. Paul had just got through talking about his own weakness and how everything he had that was any good had come from the Lord. If you are, and God is calling all of us to make disciples, to be life coaches, to be mentors to those he assigns us to, Don't be afraid to admit your own failures. Be secure enough in the Lord and what he thinks about you to admit how you blow it. One of the things you'll find is that those who are really meant to have you as a mentor in their life will be more attracted to you because they don't think that you live at such a level they can never get there. That causes people eventually to give up and even to get better. God give us mentors with skin on. For many walk, verse 18, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, 
They, they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. And, and the word belly there has to do with their own fleshly desires. It's not just their physical organ of a stomach. It, their belly represents what they crave in their flesh for their own enjoyment whose glory is in their shame and who set their mind on earthly things. How many of you can look around and see that our whole culture and even the body of Christ has been absorbed by anything that brings pleasure? Just absorbed and seek that which brings pleasure and do not care about anything that's the least bit uncomfortable. It's all about pleasure. How many of you know if you study history, those who gave up those things that are right and true and honest and godly just to absorb themselves in their own pleasure, those cultures died and those nations were destroyed. Everybody say it with me. May God have mercy on the United States of America. Absorbed in the pursuit of our own pleasures. How many of you know that at some point, what you want to do badly enough, or what you're most committed to do strongly enough, will dictate the decisions you make, the places you go, the entertainment you seek, your own schedule. You know, there's Lynn Mary Louise right here. I'm not saying this to embarrass you. It's too late. You're already embarrassed, aren't you? Now, they're here regularly. Not just because Bill and Mary and Billy are their kin folks, but they drive up here almost every Sunday from Montgomery. We got people that won't drive across the street. Montgomery. Otis and Ashley drive here from Calera. Sandra Joan, don't you ever not sit on the front row. I would think I was here on the wrong day. <laughs> she and her family drive. Where's Bianca? Rides up, comes over here from West Thin every Sunday. The greatest, the greatest minister of accompaniment I have ever known in all these years of ministry is Jeff Easter. He gets here from Gardendale every week. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? We do what we want to do badly enough or what we're committed enough to do even if we don't want to. Paul's saying, you say, Pastor, did any of those people heard the gospel that he's saying that he's weeping over their enemies of the cross of Christ, their end is destruction, whose God is in their own pleasure, 
whose glory is in their shame and for their pleasure, they'll, they'll succumb to anything, who set their mind on earthly things. Hey, I want you to hold your place there. I want you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, and I want to show you what haunts me about this passage. How, I was asking the Lord, how do I, your son, how do I start drifting away and without knowing it becoming absorbed in my own pleasure instead of listening and, and becoming an enemy of the cross? And the Lord directed me to this passage, Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. The context is those covenant believers who saw the mighty works of God. Not only had they seen God deliver His people through the Red Sea, but they had seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And He brought them on the verge of the promised land and told them, this is yours, now move forward. And on the first occasion, the vast majority of them refused to go. Verse 12, it says this, beware brethren. Everybody say, he's talking to me. This is to Christians. Beware brethren, lest there be in any of you, you believers, you Christians, an evil heart of unbelief in falling away, departing, beginning to drift from the living God. Everybody say it with me. I can start to drift and be called evil through unbelief. Notice he says here, but exhort one another daily. It doesn't say be exhorted. Don't go around looking for somebody to prop you up every day. You start. The word exhort means to encourage by the power of the Spirit. Encourage one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And what is the deceitfulness of sin? That I start to drift away from a heart of faith. Hebrews goes on to say in Hebrews 11 verse 6, whatever is not of faith is sin. So I'm beginning to drift away from intimacy with God when there begins to be in me a mind of unbelief. When I begin to not bring things before the Lord and seek His counsel and His direction and His favor. When I begin to declare something out of reach of the grace of God, they're too far gone. That's too impossible. My, my family will never come into order. Uh-oh. God calls that evil. I'm never going to make it. I'm financially dead. God says that is evil. That is an evil heart of unbelief. If you ask, well, what do you think is evil? Most of us would probably say, well, it's this, 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 and this. God says it's anything that has the origin in unbelief. So can I ask you something? Is the establishment and the walking in faith important or not? 
Now, I plan to go in a different direction today, but I, my direction has just changed. Is that all right? I want you to know <clears throat> that what we consider faith sometimes as, as Christians is not faith at all. In fact, the Word says in Hebrews, again, that what God promised to these Old Testament people, you see in chapter 4, verse 1, there is a promise remaining of entering into His rest, that is, accessing the resurrection life of Christ so that He lives His life through you. What causes that to happen? Verse 2, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard. Can I ask you something? Are you mixing faith with the word that you hear? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing by what? But how many of you know that James tells us that faith without corresponding action is dead? It won't go anywhere. It won't do anything. You see, real faith will, att will attract those things and receive those things that God has prepared for you. But real faith has to be mixed with corresponding action for it to be called faith by God. Stand up here just a minute, Joe. Let's suppose that Joe had come up to me outside the building, and he, he, he was a stranger here. He, he, he didn't have a clue how to get to I-65. Okay? And uh, I say to Joe, well, Joe, when you get out of the parking lot, take a right on Brook Island. Go to the traffic signal. Take a left on the United, US-280. Go a couple of blocks and take a right on State 119. Follow State 119 all the way for several miles and you'll run right into I-65. Now, let's suppose Joe is saying, you know what? I believe him. He's telling me the truth. He knows what he's talking about. But suppose Joe goes out into the parking lot Believing that I'm telling the truth, that he has just heard the truth. But he decides for whatever reason when he gets to the parking lot that he is not going to take all those turns. He is just going to go out and hope he can find his way a little better this time than he did last time. Did he hear the truth? Did he hear the word? But it was not mixed by faith in the word he heard because faith involves corresponding action. You're never going to get anywhere with God in the matters of, okay, what do I do? How do I run this business? What do I do next? How do I approach my family? How do I get through this ordeal? You're never going to get anywhere with God until you seek the voice of the Lord and then you take the next right step in going down the road of that boy. You're not going to get to the freeway if you won't get out of the parking lot. You say, well, Pastor, what about those times when I pray and I ask God, Lord, help me to hear a word from you. Help me to know what to do. Now. Listen now, listen. 
Some of you are not practical enough. You're living out there in a theoretical world and, and, and you're hit and miss. Listen, what happens when I don't believe that I have received specific instructions from the Lord on what to do next? Are you listening? When there is no revelation, do the obvious. And the more you do the obvious, the more revelation will come when you need it. You don't need to lay there. Though we got a lot of people in here that run businesses. You know and I know that you don't lay there tomorrow morning and say, I, 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 I'm wondering, should I go to work today? Should I get up and shower or should I just go like this? In the absence of revelation, do the obvious. Do the obvious. You say, well, I don't know about that. You know, Jesus said, I always do those things that my father, that I see my father doing. But in the absence of a specific revelation to go to Gethsemane and pray, even after he was raised from the dead, the disciples heard that he was alive by some witnesses. But what did Jesus do? He did the obvious thing. He wanted to meet with the disciples. He did the obvious thing. He went to the beach and did a barbecue. I said he went to the beach and did a barbecue. Well, sometimes he went to parties. Wedding parties. The Bible says he was a real friend of publicans and sinners and for 30 years he just got up the next day and worked in the father's business in his dad's business and I bet he was pretty good at it don't you whatever you do do it with all your heart as unto the Lord and not unto man The, the, the key into all of this is the added, am I operating in an attitude of faith? Listen, or have my circumstances got so difficult that I'm beginning to operate out of desperation instead of faith? Am I beginning to listen to every voice out there and I'm beginning to react instead of being proactive in obeying the voice of the Lord? Do you know that the Lord knows exactly how to deliver you? He knows whether he's going to need some people on the street to lift you up and put you through the roof or whether he is just going to walk you right through there yourself. All that matters is that you're obedient and take the next right step. Well, the last part of that verse says that we're going to be transformed into the likeness of his resurrection body I can't wait till next week do you know that you're going to have a body just like his because of his resurrection he broke the power of sin off of you and that resurrected body of Jesus that ate fish on the beach that showed him his hands and feet is the same body that could appear through the walls when they were meeting not limited by time nor space recognizable touchable 
those of your loved ones who've gone on to be with Jesus, you're going to get, be able to put your arms around them. You're going to be able to touch them. You will fully recognize because they've got a resurrection body provided by the Lord Jesus Christ in his resurrection. Amen? Well, let's all stand. Let's give the Lord a hand today for his resurrection power and grace. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray your blessing today on these, your people. God, I pray that we would not slip away in attitudes of unbelief. Help us to put a mirror, Lord, by your Spirit. Help us to put a mirror on the way we think and speak and act. And give us revelation of whether or not we're walking in faith or whether we've become like everybody else and start walking inside and therefore become vulnerable to the desires of the flesh. Help us to be constantly aware, God, that our citizenship is in heaven and it's a lot more real than earth. Help us to operate with an agenda that comes from heaven. That every assignment has been ordained and that every assignment you give us, we have the opportunity to share with the resurrected Jesus who meets every need. Pray today, spirit, soul, and body, socially, physically, and financially, you'll intervene. I pray today, God, that you go before the meetings that are going to take place tomorrow and all throughout this week. I pray for those, God, that you have brought into this faith family. I pray that you would ordain and move and work on customers and clients and patients. That you will give these, your children, opportunities to serve. That you will go ahead of them, with them, and come in behind them. Show them your divine favor. How we thank you and praise you for your goodness and mercy and grace. Thank you so much for being here. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.